0: Welcome to the Dev Ready Podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today, we're joined by David Pillinger. He's the CEO of VEX, but also of um, SafeSoft. David, thanks for joining us.
1: Oh, thanks very much uh, for inviting me along today, Andrew and Anthony. I'm really uh, you know, chuffed to be here.
0: Yeah, really ex- yeah, cheers mate. I'm excited to hear a bit more about your journey thus far and where, where you're sort of headed to. So David, just still a little bit of a background as to who you are for our listeners to get a bit of a grip on who's actually behind the mic.
1: Okay, well I was born in the ramble. <laughs> I won't go that far back. <laughs> no, um, well, I don't mind cracking a joke. Um, so I've been an entrepreneur all of my life. <laughs> yeah. No, I've had, uh, all my life I've been an entrepreneur and I've had um, five surf stores and and a surfboard factory, Um, used to produce about, I know, 30 boards a week for about um, uh, nine or ten years with Bare Nature and Salty Dog and then I switched gears and when the GST came in in 1999 and my first daughter was being born and I thought, I need to make more money. I'm just being a donkey for the rag trade. So then I started a company called Property Gallery, which is still going today. And that was 20 years ago. Actually, was, yeah, 20 years ago that I started that company in 2001. And that's got over 3000 properties under management. Um, I've also got a hotel that I built in Indonesia called, in Bali, called the Depan, a boutique resort currently on care and maintenance, sadly to say, because of COVID, the country is in Yeah, but the locals are all right because they just grow rice and chase chickens around the paddock and pick mangoes off trees and they're very simple people. I mean my yeah, wife my wife's Balinese, so I mean, I'm in direct contact with about three hundred of my relatives up there and they're all good. None of them have got yeah. COVID that's <laughs> so, yeah, no, no,
0: interesting like, no, no it's...
1: one in the village has got COVID but people in are have so I mean uh, there you go, I don't know mm-hmm. but th- that's about me you know. and so I um, started um, SafeSoft in 2018 um, as a global solution so I've already been living offshore for a while so we actually started it in Ireland um, as we intended to make it for the EU and, and uh, Ireland and, and the US and Northern hemisphere, but we figured that we would have to develop it in a beta test market. So we were developing initially a software for property gallery to resolve all of the problems of managing brokers mm. you know, and, and keeping the compliance and all of the funds transfers and documents updates and the whole lot in one ecosystem. Yep. Just so,
2: to streamline the operations.
1: Yeah, just like I did the conversation about me into the topic. <laughs>
0: I like it. So there's a, there's a variety of things that are going on there. So from surfboards to property management to software, uh, there's a bit of a change there. Um, from, from SafeSoft itself, that was obviously expanding on uh, your understanding within in the ecosystem. So tell us about how that first development went about in terms of the software piece. Before you went into VIX.
1: Okay, so I mean, if you think about what you need to do to run a surf business, even then we had online presence twenty years ago with dial-up That's modems, and even then I could see that the, the 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 presence of online sales was only going to get higher, and the GST removed all of the potential profit out of retail as it was then. So. I've got quite a good long-term view of things in terms of I can see what's coming because if that happens, it's just the thin edge of the wedge, right? And so GST killed retail and then to further that um, destruction, the internet also killed um, strip shopping and shopping mall shopping. So we've all experienced that. We all buy online um, and we all benefit from the prices online now. And we also benefit from the convenience of having it delivered to to your uh, door. So it's not like um, it was a stoppable event and it was not like something that I was planning on just living with that type of erosion. It was hard enough in the rag trade and retail as it was. So I had some experience with software, but I could see that it was immature. Then I started property and a fledgling startup by um, McGrath and Lockie Murdoch, McGrath Properties, was came to me and said, oh, we've got this company we're doing, realestate.com, and we've put um, all these classifieds online, In um, on, basically took on the Sydney Morning Herald in Sydney and won. And so that was the transition from newspapers where people would read ads to find a listing to find... A property opening date where they could go and see something for sale. And I said, Yeah, um, warmer but not hot, but that realestate.com is going to go well. So I started kind of thinking about what I could do, but I was so busy making money. And I actually got into the BRW Fast 100 in 2006, and I was the 24th fastest growing company in Australia with Property Gallery. And like I said, it's yeah, well, well. Yeah, look, I mean, good it's chicken. an accolade. Hey, mm. they rang me yeah. the next year and said, "Oh, you, you're, you've got 14th this year." And I said, uh, "I'm not going <laughs> to Melbourne this year for the awards." And they said, "Why?" And I said, "I've got enough photocopy of salesmen calling me already."
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So get it. Yeah, I get mean, <laughs> things like this give you good exposure mm. because it's a story. Yeah. But things like that mm. also give you good exposure and credibility. But I don't think you want to be riding it every year. It's probably good to do a, 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 a follow up. Like it's really good for the for the um, you know for the for the brethren, you know to be able to come in and say, hey brothers and sisters, look at me now. I'm 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 you know uh, Elon Musk, and I used to go to your school. I mean you, that sort of thing should happen if you do make it that far. You know you should have the Melanie Perkins of the world sort of going back to Mm -hmm. the people that help them get exposure but uh and like coming back to you guys and seeing you know how much you've grown and and saying oh yeah look I've grown a little bit too and they and you guys will probably say I know. (laughs) (laughs) So in terms of um
0: so we're gonna we're gonna software piece it's so it's ticking along, and that's all about operations, right? So you, you understood the market. You're seeing where things are going. Um, clearly, things are moving online, and you, you got a grip of that pretty quickly. In terms of when a, a VEX came about, what was the problem you're solving? Because clearly, you're solving problems on the way to get um, good traction here. So what is VEX? What is the problem that's actually solving?
1: So, um, well, let me just introduce you to how VEX came about and then tell you the answer to that one. So if you, so it'd be a two part answer, part one. So I had all of these problems. So I was dyslexic Mm -hmm. at school. I left at 14, I went to Cranbrook from age three, but couldn't cope with school because they didn't understand dyslexia. And so I just Mm -hmm. went and built things because I like building things. And I'd got all my tickets Mm -hmm. for construction, did high rise, et cetera. had a little accident and thought, oh, this is bad. All I know is surfing. I've left school too early. I'll just start surf shops and build them. And so I built, you know, so building things, you know, and I like vertically integrated businesses, which we call today an ecosystem. Um, so basically I had all this sort of logic and ability and of doing a, a vertically integrated business, you know, manufacture and sell it, you know, build it and sell it. And so the real estate sort of thing taught me a lot about, you um, Issues with people that don't either have dyslexia or they have no knowledge of financial contracts or uh, things to do with real estate. So I took the idea, if you like, which I had done up really nicely with um, a group of about uh, nine guys that I knew from industry that all believed in me. And we piled into this elevator in um, Steiner Price Paganin's law firm in the city and turned up. To the boardroom in front of Roger um, Steiner Price and David Paganin, which they've never seen before, and said, Here's a startup idea. And they'll go, Wow, <laughs> what a show! <laughs> <laughs> and I it's literally, <laughs> I can and there's a lot of David, David, and I put everyone <laughs> in a row so that I could know where all of the Davids were, etc. So I, and then they just sat at the end and said, It's like he's coordinating a whole function like a show and, and it was really funny but anyway but I, I kind of went to I gave it to them I said what do you think and you know and I kind of started to realize the kind of issues but more so the the pivot point for us for the real estate um, solution to vex was when Pago said to me so if you can wrangle all of these brokers you know real estate brokers they're like stray cats you know, and if you can get them all together and get all of the users to understand what they're talking about really quickly, um, why can't you do it with brokers? Because it's the same with AFSLs and raising capital. And I said, challenge accepted, mm. Pago, I'm doing it. <laughs> so and
2: that was it, so, so that's where we yeah, pivoted okay. right in the
1: beginning. <laughs> before yeah. and and so funnily enough, right mm-hmm. now we're actually um, just put on a crew of a first uh, a stack a full stack. Of developers for the PGOS property gallery operating software and that's going to be launched on VEX as its own company and entity and make its way through all of the VEX processes to an, uh, a listing at some point in time. Very good. So, okay let's ex- explain what VEX is for
0: everyone out there just in simple layman's terms so if anyone's listening you've sort of you've touched a pot it but explain the detail of what VEX is and what the end-to-end is in terms of uh, getting your list, your business up there, investment? So
1: VEX is very user centric. And when you consider an ecosystem, you've got to understand what users require um, to do their business or to do function in the way that they are as a user. So let's just say, for example, an investor wants to find a good investment. And then you've got a company who wants to find a good investor. Now, a good investor is is predominantly a qualified investor that has a seven hundred eight form, and all of a sudden you start to get a bit lost as a startup saying what's a seven hundred eight form? Yeah, seven
0: hundred eight form. Yeah, I'm sure some yeah, people are asking. Yeah, but I'll
1: just say for the <laughs> for the viewers, it's basically a sophisticated investor of someone that has a signed form from their accountant that says this person is allowed to invest in a company. Um. Before it's listed in a retail market, which, for instance, the ASX is a retail market. So that's, and and the reason that they can work uh, and invest on an ASX without being a sophisticated investor is because of a thing called continuous disclosure. So there's a lot of laws in place for listed public companies and less laws in place for unlisted public companies and less laws in place again for unlisted private companies. And every level of uh, expansion that you get is another layer of levels and compliance Mm -hmm. that you need to know. So I'll give you, that's a bit of a touch on what you might need to know. So both the investor and the company startups need to know this, but they don't wanna spend all their time raising capital. They wanna use that capital and spend their time making their product. That's what we do. Correct. Yeah,
0: people can be on that capital bandway, uh, sort of running and running and running off the capital, raising, 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 uh, just to fill in the void as they run out of money. So, um, yes, it can be challenging for some
1: stuff. I would say it's challenging for all because it's time con- it's time consuming. Yeah. I mean, Vex saves ninety percent of time and uh, money. That's basically our kind of rough estimate of. It depends on how much you use it, how well you use it, and how effective your uh, offer is. But ultimately, we get people coming into this system we've never met before that have sophisticated investor um, status and put money into companies on VEX, including our own, um, every day. I got 20. Sorry, how long is VEX? How long have you been operational? Uh, well, Let's just say we started running in a beta three years ago, or mm. well, probably two years okay. ago. Yeah. It was a prototype for a year, then it was a beta with companies on there since two years ago. And now we've got um, a good examples like Infinite Blue Energy went from a 10 cent um, share, about 12 million mark, 14 million market cap uh, on, on VEX to a uh, 70 cent share price public company in the last nine months um, over, and it just clicked a hundred million dollars today, actually in market cap, and it still hasn't listed. And bear in mind Mm. that we actually do the compliance and user journey work for AFSLs and brokers, and we haven't even added that feature. We're doing that manually at the moment, because if you say, where are you at? Well. That's all working really well and great. And this bit's beta test. Because <laughs> yeah, anytime you, you do an update, it's a that. beta. Well, it's a live beta yeah. test. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't sandpit yeah. something that there's no mm. sandbox for, right? You can't sandbox it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a live, mm. new... Uh, if you're doing something that's new, no one's got facilities for you. There's no playground for you to test it. So mm. you've got to be really cautious. So... When we do start, it'll be the classic sort of overnight success. We've only got 152 companies on there at the moment. We expect 10,000 in the next few years.
0: Okay. But 152 is a, a good starting point. for sure. Well, for, for most people, that'd point. be a goal. So I think that's, for us, that's like, yeah, you know, yeah. not bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good start. <laughs> I mean, they're bad. all, 10, yeah. And you've got goal.
1: freemium type levels as well as fully paid. So, so mm-hmm. our, um, if you, there's like indexes on VEX. So you've got your, your, at the moment, there's one marketplace and it's currently being split into four. Um, So we're going to go from a startup index, which is more your crowdfunding types. um, And then you go into your ESIC index, which is where investors can find tax incentives for 20% instant write-off and 100% capital gains tax-free, which for any of you 708 investors out there, Mm check out vex.com.au and the ASIC index. It'll be up in about, I don't know, three or four weeks. And so that...
0: <laughs> oh, it might be up by the time we release. So, yes, they'll be there. <laughs> um, and then you've yeah. got the
1: the VEX um, pre-IPO, which is has to be a, a public uh, unlimited company on VEX that's already trading on VEX. And you can actually trade off-market mm-hmm. on VEX with the... Um, approval of ASIC, which we organise for companies on there in that stage. So that's that's sort of, uh, you know, one, two, three. One just supports people like uh, basic operators like Cake, et cetera, but we do a lot more than them. Um, But it also gives you the opportunity to move to ASIC and it moves to the pre-IPO. And we've also got uh, appointed a new uh, in-house chief legal counsel and CEO that are both Uh, ASX directors and and, um, both very experienced campaigners working for another um, registry in the past who are doing our um, VEX ASX uh, index, which is basically a mirror of the ASX where we'll be having a brokerage to trade listed companies where you can just pay for them. So we're competing with everything and everyone. When you go to our full ecosystem, you really do change everything.
0: Yeah, it's about impacting the whole, whole strategy of everything that happens in this space. So that sounds um, quite intriguing as to where you're going and what's sort of coming together, so.
1: Well, it's distributed ledger technology without the blockchain requirement, because how can you distribute your ledger technology if nothing else is blockchain? It's like saying, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't connect to anything.
2: Yeah, you're just running (laughs) it on for yourself.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. just a blockchain, <laughs> you go, it, but doesn't fit yes. anything. Yeah, what's this plug for you? go, America, I think. You go, yeah. oh, well, chuck that in the bin.
0: Yeah. Oh. We're, we're, the, we're the international like adapter to <laughs>
1: blockchain as well as being the real world. Because governments aren't just going to flip the switch and turn into blockchain. Look at the ASX. It's been trying for years.
0: No, they're not. They're not doing it at all. Yeah, it's, it's not happening that quickly, is it? And it's not going to happen that quickly. Yeah. So it's all going to take a lot of time. Um, anything that's regulated um, has a lot of uh, hoops to jump through. Is going to take a long, long time to actually get any technology change. So especially things that are working, right? So why change it if it's not broke? Uh, that's probably the mentality in those worlds.
1: Well, it's also a fear. Banks are very much also off cloud. I mean, my brother-in-law, David Stevens, is you know, world renowned um, database manager for banks and he works in so many different countries, maintaining old language that people have lost manuals for, but they're still holding all their data in these vaults and they're big banks. I mean, I'm not gonna say which banks they Mm -hmm. are, but I'll just say that most of them are running, I mean, Mm -hmm. I I had a meeting with the ASX years ago and I said to them, they said well how can you do it you know like one of the friends of mine that works in a high level there and i just said well it's just the way it works you can't stop the internet with a walking stick it's just not going to happen as far as you try to stick the walking stick into the spokes of the internet and cloud and the iot of things i mean it ain't gonna work you're walking it's, it's going to suck that walking it's stick. It's not going in anywhere, and crush it? it.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, those banks are just all, or even those old, big, old um, legacy things, they're just there because they work, and there's a lot of risk to introduce something new potentially as well. So they have to do all the checks and balances and change processes, systems, trainings, a lot of stuff to put in place.
1: And that's the thing, Anthony. I mean, it's a bit like um, fueling an airplane full of passengers mid-flight like they do fighter jets. I mean, at least with fighter jets, they've got an ejector seat and a parachute ready to go if it blows up. Yeah. But even then, it's risky.
2: Yeah. It's how much risk do you want to take on board at any point Yeah, and they say,
1: what? We've got an, an A380 full of passengers that are trading, and you want to change it. You go, yeah, you should land first. Yeah.
0: There's no so time to land, is there?
1: Money never sleeps, that's for sure. I mean... And and look, we've just come up with a solution. That's all, simple.
2: And technology-wise, how did you go about developing that platform?
1: Ah, well, the secret sauce,
2: eh? <laughs> the secret sauce, just yeah, whatever you're happy to tell us about your team, whatever or- you
1: can share, mate. <laughs> no, look, I've got some really good people that I I don't promote their names because they always get people try to poach them all the time, even though they're paid better um, than you know, most companies would consider and um, with the salary and share options. And ultimately, um, I have very talented people working with me that make this happen. Um, And they have to be very fast at learning. Let's just say that. Um, And they um, have a real passion for what we do. And so that stack that we have is always being tinkered with every day and uh, added to and developed. And, you know, we've got some pretty big visions in terms of um, educating people to do the type of learning that isn't properly being taught at the moment in universities. So our idea of building SafeSoft Limited as a core company that owns VEX and the PGOS software, which will be relaunched next year, um, will actually be a base for... All the derivatives of our license because the way that VEX works it has to actually um, run in each country with an ASIC equivalent and a banking equivalent in with their rules and laws and customs and and ultimately currency etc so uh, I'm flying up to the UAE uh, with DFAT and Austrade in um, November on the 17th and I'm back on the 14th and I'm going to Saudi for the VEX uh, KSA, talking to them about um, setting up a VEX kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And I'm going to Abu Dhabi to set up VEX UAE. Uh, and um, also, yeah, there's more to do, you know.
2: So I'll just say, Andrew, before we start. So did you outsource to another team or did you bring in your own employees?
1: Uh, we employ
2: Employee. Just we it. do
1: have a few outsourced in India now because of pace mm-hmm. and um, time zone kind of drift. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to push uh, a little bit of external, but it's they don't have the source code. They don't yeah. use source code. They just use, uh, they, they get projects and they send them in and we attach.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so that's how you're managing it.
1: In terms of how did you first find the right.
0: initial team members team how did you go about that journey so if anyone's out there looking to build their team in the way that you're doing it um one why did you decide to build it internally from the get-go and then two how did you start looking for teams <laughs> Was it just through linkedin
1: that's it one LinkedIn. two i'm very good at linkedin fishing <laughs> yeah okay
2: yeah. yeah that's how we connected yeah. i don't know who was first though <laughs> oh. if i was fishing or you were fishing <laughs>
1: Pre, pre, and post COVID, LinkedIn. Other than yes. the people I already knew, um, I've I've met thousands of people in the last uh-huh. few years, and uh, all through LinkedIn.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yes. about six. <laughs> go. On.
0: All through LinkedIn. So, if anyone's out there, start the hunt on LinkedIn, not on seek.com, dot Effectively, <laughs> <laughs> is a tip.
1: <laughs> well, look, and, and ironically, a lot of people that are trying to befriend me are HR headhunters, and I go, "You're the worst." <laughs> you know, like. They're the scourge of the industry because, you know, they're the ones going out trying to tell your staff that they can get paid more to have a job that they don't like and then you lose a valued team member. I mean, this is – I've never liked headhunters or HR companies because of that. I mean, I like human resources and I like people that go out and offer a job and market it and do all of the resume vetting. But when it comes to headhunting, that's like short sellers. That's like short
0: sellers. (laughs) Oh, yeah, interesting. Um,
1: yeah, they do about as much good to a company as a short yeah, okay. seller does. Yeah, yeah
0: no, I, I get what your logic there. Um, in terms of LinkedIn, let's dig in there because I, I like to understand your process a bit because um, to find good people, uh, what did you what did you approach? Was it just conversations? Did you look for skills, uh, skilled uh, skill sets or what did you look for in terms of um, the talent that you're actually approaching? How did you do that?
1: Um, so my dad taught me something as a very young age to read between the lines and it's funnily enough, I was watching the Simpsons last night and uh, Marge was telling um Homer to read between the lines and he said, but why it's all white. <laughs> <laughs> well, <that's...
0: laughs> Classic.
1: And I, and I kind of thought about that and when he told me that and, he, and I, cause I remember when he told me and he said, You've got to read between the lines. And I said, what does that mean? He said, well, what they're saying and what are they really saying? So I look at uh, how long have you been working in your previous job? I don't like people Mm -hmm. that move jobs a lot. Mm. Yeah. Because that disproves no loyalty. Mm -hmm. So what's the point of me putting all of my effort in to train someone if they're going to leave and use that talent in another person's company, mm-hmm. I want people to work with me for life. Most of the are staff in Safe and property gallery have been there for twenty years. My hotel staff, even though they're on you know annual leave or unpaid leave at the moment, uh, they are actually um, they've been there for over ten years. And and all of my staff that started me with SoSoft are still there. And I expect in the next 20 years they'll all be there and, the, and we'll probably have thousands of staff all based in WA, building global software in, a, in a, an area of, you know, um, learning where we can teach the next generation what we're doing and give them a paid university course on campus. That's what we're looking for.
0: Okay, i so are going to move into some sort of training. Yeah, I'll read between the lines. Very cool. Um, yeah, so you need to understand who you're looking for too. I think um, what I've what I begun doing is um, actually writing down the perfect person that you want to attract to a business um, and then just writing in the detail and then looking. They generally come to you, but then you know what you're looking for. Sometimes people don't know exactly what they're looking for, which can be a big problem uh, when actually hunting and bringing people into the team that's going to be there for a long time.
1: Yeah, I let them tell me. So what I do is there's something about them that I'm quite interested in. Like the reason, I'll tell you how I found you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone that I met on LinkedIn, who I can't remember right now, sent me a podcast of Kurt from... Oh yeah, Kurt Alexander, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah,
0: He's Perth-based as well. I believe is he? Yeah, I, I believe, believe. is he, or Queensland actually? Queensland, Queensland. Yeah, Prissy. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apologies. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: No, that's all right. Um, but I. So anyway, I I kind of enjoyed the interview. Mm. So I thought this guy's yeah. kind of funny. You can't go to the Middle East with that voice. <laughs> <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and I just thought, geez, you're funny, Kurt. So I I kind of contacted him after that, and I mm-hmm. contacted Anthony, and I said, hey. Uh, I'm keen on doing a podcast with yeah. you guys, are you interested? And then I talked to Quick Safety and I said, I like your company, can I help you get some money and make you grow? And here I am today. Well, there you go.
0: So it's
1: worked well for everybody
0: in terms of um, yeah. Kurt, I know he was looking for some help. So fantastic if that's uh, come off, yeah, brilliant. Yeah,
2: and then just yeah, reaching out, having a chat with David offline out of the podcast and just understanding what he's about and where he's come from. So it'd be a great story to tell.
1: Well, I mean, anyone watching this, all you have to do is go to LinkedIn and just message me. That's all you have to do. And then I'll say, "Yeah, sure." And then I'll either solve your problem or um not. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I mean, and and generally I do. Yeah. Because I'm a good problem solver. No,
2: very
0: you good. know, and I
1: yeah. and I've got a very good software, Margo, who operates the system for us. By the way, did I tell you the story about why we have an operating system called Margo?
0: Not online. So let's 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 talk about that now for everyone to actually get a grip on that.
1: <laughs> All right. So Pago said to us, why can't can you do something that wrangles brokers? They're just like real estate agents. They can go rogue and and I said, Yeah, fair enough, I can do that. And I mean most of them are very compliant and good, but it's still a lot of work for brokers and AFSLs to manage. So it was more about the process. Let's just say. The corrupt thing is just a movie reference and it's a joke. But so Margot is from Margot Robbie out of Wolf of Wall Street. And we thought oh, our system operator will be Marg-os, not marg Ott, being operating oh. system. So <laughs> yes, it's a bit, a, <laughs> a bit of a marg because what she's doing is maintaining compliance and it's out of the... We actually even contacted Margot Robbie's parents, who are managers in Queensland, and we said, oh, would she do the avatar for us? We'll pay you in shares. And at the time, our company wasn't worth enough, but she's an actress, so eventually she'll be our avatar and on the ads.
2: Keep that target.
1: (laughs) She's Aussie. We're Aussie and we're global. She's global. Makes sense.
0: Makes sense. can make it work. No, I like Probably it. make
1: a lot of dollars, yeah. actually, I reckon. Mm-hmm.
2: You never know.
0: <laughs> it may, you know. I might get back to it now. I'll put an ad up there. We'll cut up a slice a piece out of this episode and we'll share it out. They never know. <laughs> See how yeah, that goes. Yeah,
1: mate, I, I'm sure it'll work. I mean, promotion is good, you know. Yeah. Um, getting people to go and connect to vex.com.au, they can work out whether or not they're mm-hmm. qualified. I mean, there is such a thing called the 2012 rule. And that means that um, companies that have staff or, you know, employee share plans, they can actually invest if they're exempt for one reason or another under the asset rules. Um, so uh, occasionally people um, who are not 708s are entitled to buy shares, um, mm-hmm. but there is a limited number of those people under specific circumstances, and it's very much limited to 20 um, so all we're doing is sort of a promoter, just like Wholesale investors, a promoter or uh, vista is a promoter. Um, but we do all this other work in the background and we put these sort of guidelines up for everyone to kind of maintain their rules so they don't go off the edge. A bit like when you're driving around a mountain that doesn't have guide rails on a crap road, like in India or something on like, you know, yeah. crazy truckers, you know, yeah. show, ver- versus um, something that's in Australia with really nice big and barriers, steel barriers and, and markers and you say, oh, well, that's safe. It's, it's still dangerous. doesn't make it mm-hmm. less dangerous. doesn't put the onus on VEX to do it. It puts the onus on the company director still. But the responsibility of getting your shareholders or your family safely up the mountain in Mount Hotham in frozen, you know, bad conditions or whatever under pressure is a lot easier when you've got all of these barriers and guidelines going. So if you compare the two to from a road journey on a mountain that's very treacherous, it's no different for brokers, it's no different for investors, it's no different for company uh, secretaries. It's more about the um, the journey and that's that user centric journey that we offer all of the stakeholders. But we're a SaaS, you know we don't make the decisions. We just make it possible. We put the safety yeah. rails up. Yeah, <laughs> We put the new surface on the road. Yeah. And yeah. we say, these are the directions. Slow down because you're going to mm. go off the edge. So along your
0: journey so far, what have you learnt from building software, from building surfboards to the building software? Um, can you draw a bit of a... a- a difference between those but there's a lot of similarities i would imagine because yeah. it's process driven and just understanding processes and i think yeah. um, it can be some more complicated processes but
1: well, there's still complications in any business well, but... what
2: could you learn about building the software that would help someone listening who's about to start yeah.
1: well i'll give you just the first comparison being that my surf store closed in 1999 well i sold them the five of them i didn't close well i was out of there before 1999 I was in the Shaping Bay at Rusty Surfboards in Osborne Park with a 5 axis CNC machine getting boards made by Mick Button, friend of mine that's one of the directors there, and um, Rod Hart, who's one of the early directors of SafeSoft, was the... Founding director of Rusty Surfboard. so I've had some ind- captains of industry from the surf industry involved in what I do. so they've all got different skills and talents. so it's not just people that I've met and know like Roger Steinerprice and David Pagan and Rod Hart from Rusty and and um, but you know these journeys that you get you've got to draw on all of your experience, all of your talent base, all of your knowledge, and you can get as, get as much as you can. And um, always remember the ABC, always be closing. It's all about selling. Always be closing. So anyway, the CNC machine back in the 90s was making a surfboard that used to take hours in minutes on a computer program. And I actually have a program that's a board that everyone really liked. And so I'd put in my surf store, I'd come in for a surf and I'd put it on the rack. I didn't want the board to get all the wax melted in the car, right? And so mm-hmm. I'd run in, you know, I had been for surf in the morning, going to work, and they come up and go, How much is this? I go, it's off for sale, it's my board. And that's and everyone kept on buying my boards. Because it was just mm-hmm. and and so but I didn't have a CNC machine. And Rusty did, okay. right? So I had to hand shape them. But you know, as evolution happened, software evolved into the surf industry, and you could buy shaped blanks. So you could give them your program and they would ship them to you with what we what okay. we call the tusks, which are the, it comes in a big blown blank of foam and then the machine does everything and it leaves a little bit of foam mm-hmm. on either end of the board and you can snap them off and you just give it a light sand and off you go to the glassing bay mm-hmm. and spray it up and put your fins in and off you go for a surf. So um, computer design has been going on for ages and it's just getting better mm-hmm. and more accessible yeah, through correct. that process. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm whether it's surfing. I mean, every industry can give you an example like that. I just, that's yeah. just my one. It's all
0: evolving. But yep. I think yep. what I would my say self.
1: is you've, for anyone that's starting up, talk to your parents, talk to your friends, talk to, if you're young, talk to your dad's, mum's friends, you know, if you're mature enough and, and you've been in business all your life, talk to your customers, your clients, your your friends, your, your kind of the experts in the industry and see the, read between the lines. Look at the value. That's what I would do.
0: It is all about it. yeah, it seems like you're very you're very connected and having two thousand conversations on LinkedIn over the past X years, um, makes a lot of sense that you are all about communication and I think that's one good tip for anybody that's looking to do something, get connected with the community, understand the industry, understand the challenges, understand and yeah, read between the lines it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoy it as well. I think that that's like, I mean, connecting with you guys and, and and the fact that you reach out and do this for people is part of your business, but it's also a free service to all people. So for me to be a part of that, I hope that I've helped your objective of yes. giving people the ability to be enthusiastic. So I, I'm actually, there's a publisher that's contacted me in the last few months and they're writing a book. About my life at the moment, um, and it, it's called yeah, well. it's called in the desert <laughs> because yeah. Well, desert. I've been I've been undercapitalised so many times. Like yeah. everything I've started, yes, I've been uh, undercapitalised. Uh,
0: <laughs> so what? What? And that's a good question as to I've too. What drives you, David? Every day, why do you get up and do what you do and and keep looking to solve problems? What is it oh, about that?
1: So. Why it's every day like Christmas trying to figure out what's in that box under the tree? Because I want to know what's in the box under the tree. I'm going like, I can't open it tonight, but tomorrow when I get up, I get to open another box. What's in the box under the tree tomorrow?
0: I like that. um, That mindset, I think it's pretty awesome to have a mindset like that around what's in the box because people can see it as of adversity, but yeah, having a box and a present in front of you makes a lot of sense because, um, yeah, we can all take good from everything that comes up thrown at us. Really,
1: it doesn't matter what's in the box. It's what you make. Yeah. It's what's between the lines that's in yeah. the box. It makes even whatever's written on the box. You know, you give a kid a present and they play with the box. The box yep. was better than the. Yes, they okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it, the box, mate. What's Jump in it. the box, and it doesn't matter what's in the box. Whatever's yeah. in the box. Yeah. It's gonna be, here's the thing. If there's not a box, find a box. If I get up in the morning, I go, oh, good. I get to look for it. It's like a treasure hunt now. I go, great. (laughs) I have to find something. And how's this? I don't even know what I'm looking for.
0: (laughs) Yeah, always looking for something. Yeah. that's classic oh, I love the, um, the, the mindset I think people can take a, a lot away from that uh, just of this conversation you can hear that coming, coming down the line as to um, your energy, your enthusiasm and um, yeah you're just that positive attitude to do something new and take on anything because um, it seems like you're the take on anything challenge type guy yeah, look, the cool, thing so. is
1: anyone can take on anything if they just accept that they can and here's the thing I'm not like going to go base jumping, I can guarantee you that, you know, I'm not that stupid. (laughs) So I know my limitations and I also play to my own strengths and I do things that I like doing. I only do jobs that I love Mm. and I'll only do them until I love them and as soon as I don't love them anymore, I can't do it anymore because why would you do something that you didn't enjoy?
0: Yeah. Yes, a lot of people in the world do something they don't enjoy. But that's because they're they're not looking for what's in the box.
2: No, they're just thinking, oh, shit, another box.
1: (laughs) No, no, but even worse, they say, oh, I have to go to the box and get my, unwrap it and see what's in there for me today. And then, oh, it's not what I wanted, you know. And I just think, wow, um, anything is possible and you can make anything possible as long as you're willing to look for it. And all you have to do is know what you want. Most people don't know what they want. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah, you ask a lot of people that have yeah. no idea what they want. And I'll lean on that question there. Um, what's what's the vision? What's the five, What's the five, 10 year plan? Where are you going, David? What's the direction you're heading down? Where do you want to be? Well,
1: I'm already where I want to be. <laughs> like I'm there, I'm already there. I mean, yeah. how many yeah. Vegemite sandwiches can you eat? You know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> my son can <laughs> eat plenty, man. That's all he eats. He's a four-year-old that lives on Vegemite sandwiches,
1: effectively. He yeah. beat yeah. his own record by four hot dogs and ate 76 hot dogs in America last night. Did you see that? Yeah. But you know what's even more amazing? <laughs> okay. That he actually forced 26 more down to beat the nearest competitor and his own record. And I'm thinking... Yeah, I mean, it's not really worth the heart attack or whatever it is that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, he, he already won.
2: Yeah.
1: He could have stopped and sort of watched them eat for the last 10 minutes. Yeah, he
2: had that drive to keep going.
1: Well, he's just, I don't know what's for him. He knows what's in the box. It's hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot yeah. of them. He's supposed he to dogs. get to 77 or 78, you know? And I'm just thinking, oh, God. I mean, imagine how much would you not want to eat a hot dog after that?
0: I think a year's worth the hot dogs or a lifetime. Oh, he's dogs a competitive eater.
2: He probably does it every month. Yeah. Like it's just that's his thing. Yeah. yeah, you he'd never eat a hot dog in his own time.
1: Yeah, I'm off duty. You go here, mate, can you do it? Go, no, I'm off duty. <laughs> <Nothing> <laughs> no hot dogs. It's
0: like a it's like a barber that won't uh cut their family's hair. Not nah, cut to the shop otherwise I yeah, won't yeah, cut. Yeah, it. yeah. And it's funny yeah. that I yeah.
1: mean, um I think that, that mindset of um I'm really passionate about getting um a good haircut so i'll only do it in my environment where i've got all of the structure um but that's a professional you know i mean Mm -hmm. you'll often see like you said to me coming to this studio riverside which is a great concept and i love the way that they do what they do and i'm i'm going to join up and see if we can maybe organize to get add some podcast type things for startups to help them you know just to it's quite a great way to share, and that's yeah. That's... It's a good one, but it's more on the line of tell people about your pitch, not about your product and your dev story. Like okay. yeah, yep. yours is a mm-hmm. very different topic. Mm. So, I and I it can is. say that Riverside, which I believe that's the name of the um, mm-hmm. uh, software. software that we, we we're using, is mm-hmm. um, you know pretty good. I mean, you know, and I, I think it's always good to give back to those that are giving to you. You know, so always promote mm. people around you that help you, always um, give back, you know. When you're closing, don't just close for yourself. Close for everyone.
0: Good tip there.
1: Yeah. that's.
0: Uh, it's a great tip, and it's basically why we started the Ready Podcast. is about giving back to the community and just um, sharing people's stories, people's journeys. Take the learnings, and just if some one person gets something out of it and they become that that unicorn, well done. And I think that's that's um something we can share those yeah. stories just to protect people on yeah. the journey because it is a tough one. Yeah. Building building tech can be tough. Um, uh, it can be challenging in some some veins, and we've had plenty of stories on the channel uh, where people learn uh, talk about. The, the hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars that they spent building their own tech. and it, We just like sharing those stories because it is a challenging one um, in this space. But any businesses, in effect, when you're starting something new, it is always uh, uh, difficult to get off the ground and get moving, which is who you're helping as well through VEX.
1: Yeah, look, I think that um, yeah. commercial experience is something mm. that you just can't buy. You, can, you can't really okay. read it. You know, you can read as much as you like mm-hmm. and you can get some sort of a, yeah. a vibe. Um, you can watch as many podcasts as you want. Again, you know, but ultimately you've just got to get your hands dirty and do the work, you know. you am yeah. going to dig yeah. in. Um, and ultimately I think that what most investors look for, uh, you know, what sort of experience has the board got? the management, you know, because you can easily pivot, right?
2: Yeah. As long as you make, as long as you've got enough experience to see what's coming and decide <laughs> that, then yeah.
1: yeah. As long as you can see what's coming, that's the thing. And I've got to say, I'm always up on the on the lookout for icebergs.
2: Yeah.
0: That's
2: good.
1: Oh, you need to be looking out
0: because you can get that's one thing if you're in business you can focus on just the doing and the, the getting stuff done and just forget about what's happening around you and then uh five years go by and you're still doing the same thing and everyone's left you behind and there is no business left so that can be something that happens to a lot of businesses out there if they're not looking out into industry what's happening what's changing and what's evolving i'll, t- I'll tell a quick story around um there was a, a greyhound business next to us in one of our offices um they, were, they basically, they went broke because no one wanted to buy their, their magazine anymore. It was anymore. the Greyhound form um,
2: guide on paper.
0: Yeah, Greyhound form guide on oh, paper. So no one, you know, uh, who would have thought? Yeah, um, yeah. Who would have thought? I mean, that, but they just
1: didn't have any
0: any, any like I just a say, foresight I mean, just to look I don't forward. suffer yeah.
1: fools easily. And I'm very honest mm. with people because if I can tell them bluntly to their face that they're just being idiotic and they should mm. give up and they're having a massive Kodak moment, then I've helped them and I didn't care if they shoot the messenger Mm. because at least they won't try and impose their stupidity on me anymore anymore. So I'll just say, "Mm, that's a dumb idea. Everyone is saying that it's cruel to race greyhounds. They've been, you know, it's just a bad thing. And apart from that, it's in a paperback magazine <laughs> and, and the people That's that are racing better, yes. you probably can't yes. even read anyway. Um, so, I mean, why, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just, uh, yeah, it's right. a lame Kodak. They invented the digital camera and kept it a secret for 25 years and then they died 26 yeah. years later because <laughs> yeah. everyone mm-hmm. went and replaced film with digital photos. They could have been, you know, yeah.
0: They could own that space, but they chose not to protect the film, but that's another story, we won't get into that. Um David, um been a pleasure um having a conversation with you. Um just um from my perspective, just share out uh, links you've shared it through the podcast, but anyone wants to find out about you um and also Vex, um how might they get access to that?
1: Look, the easiest one is David Pillinger's SafeSoft or Vex V C E X dot com dot AU.
0: Okay, perfect.
1: And either way, you'll either find companies that are um, raising capital or you can put your company on VEX by just following the the link straight in, raise capital, click on that, and you put your company in. Um, And we'll kind of go from there. You'll get a call from me if you do that. If you go to LinkedIn, you'll be able to get a... you know, a copy of my profile and people can read that and my contact details are there also. And obviously you can message directly yeah. through that. And he's, he loves
0: having a chat. So, David, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, up. David, for that. We really appreciate you coming out there for your podcast and sharing your journey, journey. and um, there's plenty there and a couple of good takeaways. And uh, enjoy uh, your your uh, unwrapping tomorrow's present. So hopefully, enjoy today's. Oh, yeah. yeah. Enjoy. Thank you
1: very much. I appreciate the interview, course, Andrew thank and you. Anthony. Thanks very much. bye Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot.